We are now into the fantasy playoffs, and if you are deep in it, then keep listening. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Daydreamers because we're here with the hot takes. We're here with the the great insight and uh, here to help you guys win. And if you're not, if you're already eliminated from your guys' playoffs, stay involved in your guys' leagues because and keep listening to us because it's going to make you better for next year and shit-talking people in your leagues is always a lot of fun. So just go shit-talk whoever's still in the playoffs. It'll, it'll make everything more fun. On to the podcast. What's up? What's good? It's your boy, Big Game, your host, JJ, and this is the Fantasy Daydreamers Podcast. With me, as always, I have producer Ian and Keone. What up, what up? How's it? I want to thank you guys so much for giving me uh, last when, uh, last Thursday off. Um, I had a great time watching. It was Gilmore Girls, not Golden Girls. I'm a huge Blanche fan, but I was watching Gilmore Girls. That Who doesn't love Blanche? <laughs> Everyone, come on. But that connection between Lorelai and Rory it just really tugs at my heartstrings and I'm a huge Luke fan. I want to be him whenever I grow up. So (laughs) on On today's podcast, we're going to have some uh, news, the week 14 recap and some waiver wire ads and drops for you guys. Let's get right into it with some news. Matthew Stafford, he had x-rays on his ribs, but they showed no broken bones. His status for Sunday, uh, for Sunday's game is still up in the air. So we're going to wait and see. Now, with Stafford banged up and his status unclear, Kenny Galladay is still week to week with his hip injury. Do you guys think that DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson are still starters going against the Tennessee Titans this week? Uh, TJ Hawkinson, mm, no. I, uh, no, yeah. Because he really is Stafford's favorite target. Swift, possibly, they could still be using him. They could decide to run the ball even more. So if Stafford does play, do you play TJ Hawkinson? Or because he's banged up, you're just staying away from TJ Hawkinson? I really got to look at what I have. And if uh, I have somebody who I think maybe has been producing fairly well, or at least lately has been producing well, I go with him. But otherwise, I might be looking at a streamer this week. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough time to have your, like, go-to, or one of your go-to tight ends have his quarterback be potentially not there. So it's a, it's a tough one, but that's what playoffs are all about, to tough, tough decisions. Yeah, and so Stafford with this injury, he's not a streaming option against Tennessee, right? Didn't think so. County shaking his head, no. Great yes. audio. <laughs> yeah, how I'm, well, okay, that. Um, <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. Let's move on. Debo Samuel. This one's sad. He had a, came out 
with an MRI hamstring strain. Kyle Shanahan, the coach, said that the team would need to make the playoffs for him to return, so he's not going to be back for your fantasy playoffs. It's sad. We talked about it, getting to see him and Ayuk on the field at the same time. We haven't really got to see it all season, and we're not going to. So that was just sad. More news. Alex Smith left Sunday's game early with a calf strain. X-rays were negative. I think this one's only big for Terry McLaurin. Doesn't matter if it's Dwayne Haskins or Alex Smith for Terry McLaurin. Oh, greatly. Um, <laughs> yeah, for definitely. Alex Smith uh, has been leading that team. Um, to uh, Since Alex Smith came in, he, they've been a top 10 offense. And they're four and one at like 27 points per game without okay. Alex Smith. Their offense is terrible. Okay. Well, here's, I, I, uh, cause I think McLaurin did, did well regardless of Alex Smith. Like I think he was still doing well early in the season relatively. However, I think Alex Smith not being there or being there makes a much more like a much bigger difference for, t- for the tight end Logan Thomas, because mm. Logan Thomas has seen the benefit of having a connection with Alex Smith compared to the other two quarterbacks from that team. Okay, okay. So we'll, we'll get into Logan Thomas in a little bit. I just, I just more I, him I, than McLaurin. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it it doesn't really affect McLaurin as much as it affects other people. And Antonio Gibson, you got to remember, he still has that turf toe. I don't know if you can start him the rest of the season at all. With, I mean, even if he does play, he didn't play this last week, but if he does come back and does play, I still think I lean J.D. McKissick there. You guys with me on that? or? Yeah, because turf toe, like we said last week, it kind of – turf toe is – it sounds like nothing, but for some reason they just put a really terrible name on a really debilitating injury for somebody, and it really affects how they move with the ball. So uh, unless he's – like fully healthy, which I don't see, you're you're reluctant to start him. Even though I mean he was he was fantasy god for uh, the last couple, couple weeks, weeks before he went there, out. Yeah. All right, moving on. Gardner Minshew was named the starter for this upcoming week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think this makes much of a difference. So let's uh, get on. You do. Hold on. Well, I have I have a bit. Okay. <clears throat> do me and Keone both have bits on Gardner Minshew this week? I'm not going to say mine. Push through Gardner Minshew because <laughs> no, 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 no. This is like what I've spent most of my time on this week, pretty much. <laughs> <clears throat> so, speaking, I mean, I'm going to speak for Gardner Minshew and. In doing so, I'll speak as Gardner Minshew. And in response to something like that, I imagine he would say something like, Let me tell you, big gain. Minshew mania is running wild. That Mike Lennon guy got suplexed in pile drive by King Henry and the Tennessee Titans. But in the third quarter, old Doug Marone saw these 24-inch pythons and came, in and came to his senses. He put the garbage time champ into the game in the third quarter. And I delivered. T- getting that hot tag with Keenan Cole for the atomic leg drop in the end zone, brother. And now. There's more. Looking. 
looking forward to going to Baltimore. So, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, what you gonna do when Minshew Mania runs wild on you, brother? Okay, Ian. Uh, uh, Follow that up. Why? Why? <laughs> Why did we go Hulkamania there? Oh, my God. I'm going to leave Keone to do that. I think I'm just going to have a really well-thought-out tweet later in the week because I have a whole okay. conspiracy theory about Gardner Minshew. I just... Okay. That he is Hulk Hogan? No, no, no. That you are. I was, I was looking for a sound here. I don't know what to put. I just I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything. Okay, yeah. So Gardner Minshew will be the starter, if that means something to you. I mean, he came in to the season hot, but got injured, and they didn't go back to him. So if you want to go to Gardner Minshew. Week 16, win your championship. Win that Bud against, Light for a year. Baltimore? We'll see. But I wouldn't start Gardner Minshew. Let's move on I to. I would agree with that. Just, yeah. It was just a fun bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, John Brown, he is going to practice this week, um, report said, and he is eligible to come off of IR and play this week. If he does play, I don't think you're going to play him, but does this help or hurt other pass catchers on the team like Diggs and Beasley? Um, Yoni? I think, oh. I, I, I think it hurts Cole Beasley more than anything. <gasps> Diggs, I think, will get his still. Diggs is the number one on that team. Um, but Cole Beasley has really been thriving as the number two and not having competition there. If John Brown actually comes and is able to, like, perform at the normal level John Brown can perform at, which as the I don't, number I'm two. not saying is great. Yeah, as the number two, it really only affects Cole Beasley, I think. <clears throat> well, seeing as Cole Beasley had one of his best games in the season with John Brown on the field, I'd uh, like to contradict that statement. However, Beasley hasn't been like, he's been okay as of late, but I think it's good for Josh Allen because it just gives him another another person to throw to. That team is really doing well right now. I think even if he's just a distraction on the field, just someone that the defense has to guard, another guy that the defense has to guard. So it could. I think it will help Beasley because I think that they've really look, turned the corner on Beasley. They're at Denver this week, who's not a great defense. The matchup there is good. I think Cole Beasley will still be the number two, even if he's running as the number three. John Brown's just going to be there to be there, just be another body on the field. So I think it helps Cole Beasley. See, that's why, JJ, you're the host. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, more news. Vic Fangio is optimistic Noah Fant will play. Noah Fant is a streaming option at best. Um, like I just said, they're they're playing at home against Buffalo, which is a pretty good defense. I I'm staying away from Fant. You guys agree with that? No, fully. Okay. Yeah, I don't expect like Locke or anybody to do what they did this past week again. No. Denzel Mims is back with the team and expected to play this week. If you guys remember, he left the team to go deal with family issues down in Texas, so he's just back. I don't know how the COVID protocol works with him returning to the team, but 
uh, reports did say he is expected to play this week. Bruce Arians says Ronald Jones may have a fractured finger. Uh, he did it did happen during the game, and he played after it happened. But this could impact things going forward. Fournette was a healthy scratch on Sunday against the Vikings. He was coming off uh, missing time due to an ankle injury. So I gotta know, Ian, what are your thoughts on this? Because I know you hate Bruce Arians, so. We need to get a drop for this. Bruce Arians bitch hour. Oh, my God. Bruce Arians is a bitch. I will repeat it to the die <laughs> guy. Um, honestly, I'm not sure why they did a healthy scratch for um for Leonard Fournette. I know that he was missing. Like, he was coming off some missed time, but still, like, I saw maybe some give things, him a couple times. I saw some things that saying Bruce Arians wanted to give LaShawn McCoy a few more touches, so... Just getting Fournette off the field completely means you can give the ball to McCoy now, I guess. You're the coach. You can just have Fournette come in a couple times and yes. still give LaShawn McCoy. He's he's saying things, and then he has to like back them up. And he's like, oh, how do I do this? Let's just not play Leonard Fournette. By the way, Ronald Jones still only got 18 carries. So that pissed me off. Also, here's just a like, because I was going to mention his carries as well. When he has... T- like at least 18 carries, they're four and oh. So just saying Bruce Arians, like it's, it's almost like Ronald Jones is kind of being dicked around for his career. So, I mean, like, I'm not saying Ronald Jones is a great talent, but like you have your running back. I don't think you need to go and get all these name brand talent that they went and got this year. And it's just, I, Bruce Arians makes me mad. I, I don't know what else to say. They have a really good matchup oh, against Atlanta next week. Yep, this is my question. With Ronald Jones' fractured finger and Bruce Arian saying that this could impact things going forward, do you have confidence playing Ronald Jones? I, I'm assuming you don't have confidence playing LaShawn McCoy or Leonard Fournette. No. Do no. you have confidence playing Ronald Jones with this fractured finger? I believe it's his pinky finger. It's it's kind of like I'm sitting here, like whatever Bruce Arian says, the opposite will happen. So he says Ronald Jones needs to get 20 carries a game. He doesn't get 20 carries. Um, I don't know how big of an impact your pinky is going to be, especially in games that they need to win to really secure their playoff spot. Um, I mean, they do have an abundance of talent in the backfield. So it could. it's just a weird one. It really is a weird scenario. Almost any other coach. Okay, okay. Like, okay just, say, just say yes or no. Is Ronald Jones a top 24 running back against Atlanta this week? Yes or no? Yes. Ugh, God, yeah, yeah. Top, I think he's 24. Yeah, I was going to say, he's really on the edge of that 24. Okay, mark. so he's, he's an RB2 this week, and I think we all agree on that. Let's yeah. move on. That'll do it for the notes for us for today. Let's move on to some waiver wire. All right, first up for the waiver wire, let's go over some drops. So these are going to be guys that you might not want to hold on anymore. I'm going to ask you guys if you guys are going to hold on to these guys or are you guys going to drop them. First up, Daryl Henderson Jr., Los Angeles Rams running back. He's 63.8% owned in ESPN leagues. The last two weeks, he's had a total of seven touches. 
Just this past week, Cam Akers had 31 touches while he only had two. So Malcolm Brown's touches have all but vanished as well. This seems to just be Cam Akers' backfield. Are you guys moving on from Daryl Henderson, or are you holding on to him? Get him out. Drop him. Get rid of him. Yeah. I'm going to make another wrestling reference. And pretty much Cam Akers acted as the undertaker and pretty much Henderson is now officially put in that, uh, casket and Cam Akers sealed it. Put the, put that nail in the coffin. (laughs) Maybe next season in a few years, maybe he gets, maybe he gets a new character, a new gimmick. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Who's Paul Bear? (laughs) Um, Cooper cup. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So not this season. Henderson done done for this season. Yeah, it's Cam Akers back. Go right ahead. Now. Yep, I agree with that. Go ahead and drop him. Let's move on to our next drop. Devontae Booker, the Las Vegas Raiders running back, 55.8% owned. Josh Jacobs went down. It looked like it was supposed to be Devontae's Booker back. Devontae Booker's backfield. And it wasn't, I mean, it kind of was, but he, he's just not a good NFL running back. And so you cannot count on him in fantasy. If Jacobs is out, don't start any Raiders running back. That's, yeah, that's that, my take. He had that yeah, super gimme right. matchup against the Jets and uh, didn't really do what he should, should have done. So uh, if you fail in that regard or in that level, then yeah, I can't trust you. Well, to be fair, in my book, the Raiders lost that game. Um, yeah, the Jets just gave it to him at the end. Mm -hmm. True. All right, last guy here on the drop list: Sterling Shepard, the New York Giants wide receiver. He's sixty-three point eight percent owned. How do you guys feel about Sterling Shepard this week, or dropping him, keeping him? What do you guys do? I mean, he's had one touchdown all season. He's had. Uh, never a game more than 75 yards. Um, if you still have him, I, I'd get rid of him uh, unless you're like truly, truly desperate and hoping that he banks off. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's time where guys you're not really sure about it's don't work, like get rid of them from your team. Um, Cause it's time to focus on the guys who, you know, you can play. So if there's any doubt <clears throat> about a specific player, it's not worth it to play them. And I'm not gonna. I'm gonna use this to uh, curtail in some uh, personal uh, uh, grievances. Sorry, but uh, the Kevin Sorbo disappointed award oh, for this no. week goes coming. goes not to a player, <laughs> but goes to a, a one Mister Joe Judge. I'm gonna I'm gonna have them share. So Joe Judge slash uh, Jason Garrett. I was I'm not sure. Say, I'm not Jason sure who Garrett. exactly is responsible, but either the coach or the offensive coordinator. But but you had a great, fantastic play to Golden Tate, like got on the one yard line, and then you give the ball to Dion Lewis, not Wayne Gallman. What are you doing? You cost me matchups. How dare you! I, I don't know this for certain, but I am 90% sure that it's Jason Garrett calling plays and running the offense there. Well, then, Jason Garrett, I am disappointed in you. How dare you? Like, it's just 
why Wayne Galvin had gotten either a touchdown or over <laughs> 100 yards in all the games he had played since week seven. And no, this is the game you decide to screw me. <clears throat> Anyways. Okay, back to, back to Sterling Shepard. Um, yeah, even if you want that baseline play, Sterling Shepard, I don't think he's your guy. You can find a baseline somewhere else. They're going against the Browns and then the Ravens. Those are not conf- uh, matchups I would be confident in. Like Ian said, he's only scored one touchdown and he's only gone over 50 yards three times this season. So I think it's time to move on from Sterling Shepard. And Jason Garrett, you're a basic bitch. I'm your dad. The Giants should move on from Jason Garrett. I think that's true too. But the NFL should move on from Jason Garrett. <laughs> okay, let's move on to some ads. Up first for the ads this week, Tyron Johnson, Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver. He is not owned in any leagues. 0.0% ESPN leagues. This guy is just a big play, right? Six receptions on seven targets, and he got in the end zone. But this is the first week he's done anything. Like, if you need a deep guy, I guess they're playing the Raiders, so that's a vulnerable defense, and people can score points against them. But I think it's better for the main guys like Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Austin Eckler. The the issue, though, is... Um... Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both missed Monday practice um, when they have the game this Thursday. Mike Williams, we saw, got hurt, but Keenan Allen also missed some game time. So it it could be Tyron Johnson, our uh, wide receiver one this week for the the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. And uh, new segment alert. This is the the, uh, Kenny Rogers gambler pick of the week. God. Uh, okay we can because like yeah you've only you've only seen him for really one week and mike williams looks like he's probably gonna be out potentially because it's a short week so i don't know if he's gonna play thursday if it was if it was maybe sunday then i might have a little bit more hesitance but because it's a short week i don't know i probably don't imagine them playing mike williams um, and so he's the guy who kind of filled in for Mike Williams and he did a good job. So you never know. That's why it's the gambler pick of the week. All right, let's move on. Oh, you got something else? No, 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 no. Just okay. like, I like it. Yeah. Let's move on to the next guy, Lynn Bowden Jr. This guy's been on two different teams already in his short career. He is 0.5% owned in ESPN leagues. He went, he got seven receptions for 82 yards and, who knows who it's going to be on this Dolphins team. It seems like one guy is going to go off, and usually it's Mike Gusecki. Um, so they have the Patriots this coming up week, which is not the greatest matchup. But then they play the Raiders. So maybe he's a guy that you hold on to. Yeah, because – excuse me. Um, Gusecki – we're not he his like when he landed for that what got him out of the game it looked pretty like bad so it, it yeah go ahead um it it didn't look very it, it looked like it hurt a lot so we don't i don't know if we're gonna see him it uh bad. yeah because he it looked like he landed on his neck so it's like one of those things where it's like 
oh, he, I don't know if it's just a stinger, quote unquote. Like, and I think uh, the coach, Brian Flores, said it's too early to tell at this point, but it, I'm not sure if he'll play. It'd be a little bit surprising if he plays, perhaps. And Tua isn't throwing to Devontae Parker. So not at all. It's, it seems that without Gusecki, Lynn, uh, Lynn Bowden was the guy that Tua was throwing to. So, you know, he's getting the ball. Well, him and Matt Collins both got nine targets this game, last game. It's just Lynn Bowden got seven receptions while Matt Collins only got five. So, I mean, I mean, the big benefit is Lynn Bowden kind of has that. He is a flex. He has, I believe, wide receiver and running back. Running back yeah. So you can kind of use him as both. And it depends on what they're going to be using him as. Like they might be using, they might be sprinkling him in for more runs if that backfield is still injured as, as it is. Yeah, Mike Gas- Gas- or, I'm My, sorry. Uh, Miles Gaskin, yeah, has COVID. He, he was one of the ones that tested positive. So he's probably going to be out a few weeks. Um, that so yeah, actually I- might be good against the Patriots. Sorry, because if the Patriots shut down, I, I imagine they'll shut down Tua because he's a rookie quarterback and Bill Belichick will figure out something to do with him. So, but if he's, the, yeah. if he's the wide receiver running back, like where he can do both, then, oh, if one's not working, then they might be able to pivot to him to the other end, especially with Gaskin out. And there's just a lot of people out, so he can fit in anywhere. So, so let me ask you guys this. One of our ads, one of, would you drop Sterling Shepard to pick up Lynn Bowden? Yeah. We, we've seen what Sterling Shepard can do. I'd rather just take the chance on Lynn Bowden. Yeah. Not that I'm I, saying I I'm going to start high, Lynn Bowden. Higher but. ceiling, lower floor for Lynn Bowden. And I think I want, for right now, people on my bench, I want that higher ceiling. Yeah. I want somebody I can maybe just throw in there as a surprise and hopefully, you know, get a random 20 points because they have a great week that nobody expects. All right. Let's move on. Third on the list, Ito Smith. Atlanta Falcons running back. He's 1.3% owned. I think this is more of a Todd Gurley problem than anything. Ito Smith is not a good NFL running back. Um, But Todd Gurley has shown he can't handle more than 10 touches or so a game. As the season goes on, he hasn't had more than nine touches in a game since their bye week in week 10. I don't think I want to start. Ito Smith or Todd Gurley against Tampa Bay or Kansas City, who are their next two opponents, but Smith might need to be owned because he is getting touches. Yeah. You guys you guys think he should be owned or um I I I think we can look somewhere else. Ito Smith is very reliant on that like twenty yard run to get a touchdown for him to have a def- yeah. decent game. Yeah, I think if you're looking for Ito Smith, you are really desperate. Yeah. And so you like I don't I don't see him getting you the win in playoffs. So low key against with their matchups, Tampa Bay and then Kansas City, Todd Gurley might even be a drop. Like I don't know if I want anyone in this backfield. I agree. Not Tampa if Bay not is. if Todd Gurley's not getting more than ten touches. No, yeah. I mean yeah. Hasn't, had more, hasn't even had 10 in the last three weeks. It's crazy. It's time to cut the fat. Yeah. All right. 
Gonna just call him fat. <laughs> let's no. Let's, I'm, I'm let's, not body shaming. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some QB streamers this week, and let's kind of get through these. Just put them in order for me. Which one do you want? First, second, third, fourth. Jared Goff, Los Angeles Rams going against the New York Jets. He's 48.3% owned. Baker Mayfield from the Cleveland Browns. He's at the New York Giants, and he's 23.2% owned. Mitchell Trubisky from the Chicago Bears. He's at Minnesota this week, 19.3% owned. Or Jalen Hurts announced the starter again this week for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're at the Arizona Cardinals, and he is 8.2% owned. So, Keone, we'll start with you. Go ahead and put those in order for me. Okay. Um, let me go. Uh, okay. Let's see. I'm going to go Baker Mayfield against the Giants. And then I'm going to go... I think it's between for me it's between Jalen Hurts and Mitchell Trubisky it's only because I can't trust Jared Goff okay Jared Goff like is a good quarterback but in fantasy I can't trust him oh yeah well these are streamers though I don't know if you want to really trust any of these guys that's true I think I would out of all of these I can think I can only maybe trust one or two of them um well and I, I know Jared Goff has a great matchup but he also had a great matchup against Seattle. And what did he do in that game? But Seattle, Seattle has been playing better defense as of late. And I know it's been sometimes not elite teams, but they've stepped up their game quite a bit. All right, fair. But here's another, here's a counter to that. Jared Goff only has two touchdowns <laughs> the past three games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying um, that, but. And Baker Mayfield got his second 300-yard game. And he had two touchdowns this week against a tough Baltimore defense, but it was just a kind of a, a shootout this game, a really great game uh, that that last night. And Trubitsky is, has a lot of really good weapons. He has uh, Robinson who went off and um, why can't I think Montgomery? David Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. So like he, and he had a few touchdowns. I think he had three. I believe um, so. Yeah. He had three touchdowns. Um, Minnesota is a better defense than Houston. So that's why I put, that's why I'm not. So, you know what? I'm going to say uh, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Mitchell Trubisky, Jared Goff. Wow. All right, Ian. Wow. I, I got to agree with Baker. I mean, okay. Baker, uh, number one, because he has, he should round out to about QB two this week based on the game that he had last night with uh, against Baltimore. He had like 30 points, depending on your scoring behind. So he should only be behind Aaron Rodgers, who had 31. So he's been QB2, and then I believe he's been top 12 these past three weeks. So I got to I gotta ride Baker right now. So uh, Baker number one, this is where it gets hard. It is the Jets. Keone's kind of right. The, the I, Jared Goff is not performing. They're riding Cam Akers so hard. Week... 13 Jared Goff was QB7 which was just last week like he's not he's not completely fantasy irrelevant and so I'm gonna be 
I'm going to put Jared Goff one, Baker Mayfield two, Mitchell Trubisky three, Jalen Hurts four. All right, fair. I'm, yeah. I still, I still got to put Baker. Baker was twelve, which is in, understandable. Yeah, twelve in week twelve, three in week thirteen, and now probably two. It's not. It's like what about, they haven't updated uh, everything. Yeah. yeah. What about the? But I believe um, it's two. Lamar, what's up? Lamar, Lamar? Did he have more points than him? oh, he okay. So he might be oh. he might be three. Wait, then. I forgot about Lamar. In in half point PPR scoring, Baker Mayfield was QB four. So QB just, four, just behind two point zero two points behind Tua. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Lamar, uh, gotta, Lamar Rogers, Tua, and then Mayfield. I gotta ride Baker. Uh, New York Giants still. I mean, they've been playing better, but they kind of showed that this week that they're still vulnerable. I then I gotta go Jared Goff. And then I'm thinking uh, Mitchell Trubisky and then Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts really did well because he ran the ball 18 times and got 115 yards or whatever, however many he got. 108 yards, something like that. Jalen, like, 106. 106 yards. So it, I don't know if he can – like they, he really showed what his game plan was. And yeah. it really relied on Miles Sanders breaking off that 80-yard run for them to help, and then they were ahead the whole time. So if yeah. Arizona gets up on them, they're going to have to pass, and I don't see Jalen Hurts passing super well in his so, second start. Yeah, yeah. So as a group, I think we're saying the number one streamer here is Baker Mayfield. We can yeah, all agree yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's move on to some tight end streamers. Same thing here. Um, I'm going to give you four guys, and you guys just put them in order for me. Tyler Higby, Los Angeles Rams. Again, they're going up against the Jets. Jimmy Graham from the Chicago Bears. They're at Minnesota. Logan Thomas from the Washington Washingtons uh, against Seattle. Or Jordan Reed from the San Francisco 49ers at Dallas. Ian, let's start with you this time. Um, well, the issue is they're tight ends. So you so don't you want can... any of them, but this is why they're streamers. We're here <laughs> I know, to help you can... the people. All right, I'm saying stream Travis Kelsey if you can. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Waller. Uh-huh. Um, if Alex Smith is back, Logan Thomas. Yes. If Alex Smith is the star is playing and healthy, it's Logan Thomas. Especially against Seattle. That's gonna be that's a good matchup. Seattle has been playing good defense lately, but it's still a good matchup. Yep. If not, I got to go Jimmy Graham. Ooh. If it's Dwayne, yeah, if it's Dwayne Haskins, I got to go Jimmy Graham, Jordan Reed. Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, Logan Thomas. If it's, which is an amazing flip. If it's Alex Smith, I got to, same order, but you just move Logan Thomas to number one. So, Logan, Jimmy, Jordan, Tyler. Yeah. Okay. Keone. Um, this is not going to be exciting, but I agree with 100% with Ian. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a little easier than yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree too, for the most part, but if I'm picking Jared Goff to be my tight end or my quarterback streamer, that means he's going to be playing well, which means I think I'm going to move Tyler Higby up to second. If, if Logan Thomas, I mean, if Alex Smith is there, Logan Thomas is the play. If Alex Smith is not there, Logan Thomas drops all the way to fourth. I think I put Higby second. Graham or Reed? I mean, I think I go Graham just because he has a higher chance of catching a touchdown. But Cole Dad, has been there recently. 
but Dallas, Dallas is on pace to, I think, allow the second most points in NFL history behind like the 1981 Baltimore Colts. They are on pace for like 533 points allowed. Okay. Which, is, which means that it is very possible that San Francisco and Nick Mullins could just be getting touchdowns yeah. because Dallas is handing them out. Like it's yeah, true. freaking Halloween. Okay. I'll go without Alex Smith. Higby, Reed, Graham, Thomas. Higby, Reed, Graham, Thomas. Without Alex Smith. But you're saying with yeah. Alex Smith, you put... Logan Thomas, Thomas drops all the jumps all the way to number one. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. He has yeah. great matchups the next two weeks. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for the waiver wire for us this week. Let's move on to the week 14 recap. Let's get into it with the quarterbacks. These are guys that stood out to us one way or the other, good or bad. We're going to talk about them and what that means going forward for your guys. This playoffs. So let's get right into it. First quarterback today. Tua Tungavailoa from the Miami Dolphins threw for 316 passing yards. He had three total touchdowns, two through the air, one on the ground, and he finished as the QB three this week. This is the first time he's finished in the top 12 this season, though. So really quick, I know we just went over some QB streamers, but he's 24.8% owned. Does he slot into those Four guys, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky, Jalen Hurts. Where does he slide in? Just real quick. Um, not this week. If you want me to put him in that in that four. Um, based on matchup, I gotta put him at, at five with the other four in front of him. Going just because it's New England. It's New England, yeah. yeah. And Bill Belichick will eat him alive mentally. Um, but I mean Okay, if you're streaming a quarterback in the fantasy football championships week 16, he's going against the Raiders, and they can give up, they can give up some points. So be looking for Tua on the streamers on the waiver wire ads next week, you guys. Anything else on Tua Keone? Um, no, I agree with Ian because I, I'm afraid, like, not necessarily much more like of the defense, but like Bill Bill Belichick's brain. Versus the rookie. That's what scares me in this matchup. Because he's, he's done it before. He finds ways to shut people down. And I think that's what he's going to do with uh, Tua. And it's just, it feels almost inevitable to a certain extent. But um, he did the same thing with uh, Justin Herbert, where they got shut out. I don't necessarily know if that will happen with Miami, but it's a possibility given their recent, you know, injuries yeah. and people out. And so, yeah, Herbert absolutely. was QB 30 when they played. So yeah, he, just, he has a way with it. I think it was also a perfect storm for Tua. They had like no running backs really. Um, they were playing down cause they were going against the chiefs. And so Tua did have to throw the ball almost 50 times, 48 attempts. And so that really helped his, his passing numbers. Yeah. Would you say was it like in garbage time or? I don't no. think they were really ever out of it. Especially okay. with the, Mahomes throwing three picks. There was, I mean, they, they, Chiefs started pulling away in the middle of the third quarter, kind of. But yeah, they, the Dolphins were never completely out of it. So I wouldn't say a majority of that was in garbage time. 
All right. I just wanted to, because I wasn't sure if it qualified or not for garbage time because it was weird. Yeah, it makes sense. But I, yeah, I don't, in my opinion, no. All right, let's move on to our next quarterback. His dripfulness, Teddy Dripwater from the Carolina Panthers. Threw for 283 yards, 30, had 31 yards on the ground. He rushed for a touchdown. DJ Moore is expected to be activated off the COVID reserve list in time to play this week. And they're hoping to have Christian McCaffrey back. Mm. I mean, going against Green Bay. <laughs> oh, man. This is Keone, feels like. Keone's upset about CMC. <laughs> a week oh, too yeah. late. Sorry, Keone. That's no, all right. It a, a lot of totally people happens. are feeling your pain right now, though. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. I I forgot about that. Christian McCaffrey really let some people down this year. Supposed to be back for the playoffs at least, and he wasn't. All right, but they're hoping to have him this week. So is Teddy Dripwater someone against Green Bay that you're looking to? Um, It's tough. I I think... You could because I think that they're going to be outmatched this game. And I, you, like we were saying for a couple other guys, you could be looking at some garbage time points for, for Teddy Bridgewater. You could be looking at him having to, having to throw the ball in order to get into the game, especially with how Aaron Rodgers is playing, who has like 40 touchdowns this year already. Um, but based like, I'm not super confident in it. Yeah. I th- okay, so here's a scenario. Here, this I think would be the scenario if, if um, like Chris McCaffrey were to play, and I was thinking like, oh, if Christmas, if Christian McCaffrey plays, how is that necessarily good for Teddy Bridgewater? But here's how I think that would somewhat play out because the, the last off. time, exactly. Here's how it would play out. Because in the last game, that's pretty much what a lot of his receptions were. Christian McCaffrey's were those quick, like within five to 10 yard dump offs. And then he ran and got a lot of yards after the catch. So if that happens again, then that will definitely benefit um, Bridgewater in the long run by getting those yards piggybacking off of McCaffrey. But that's the only way I can see him doing well. Do you think that does happen this week against Green Bay? If McCaffrey plays, it's a possibility. It's, so I think I agree with that. It's a huge possibility. I think that's the only way that they stick with Green Bay is if those little – I mean, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson there will help, but without Christian McCaffrey, I'm staying completely away from Teddy Bridgewater. I'm probably staying away from him anyways, but uh, – Again, this is a desperation play if you yeah. – like, But only if McCaffrey plays. Yeah. All right. Moving on, Taysom Hill from the New Orleans Saints. He had over 300 yards through the air, and he threw for two more touchdowns this week. That's two weeks in a row where he had two touchdowns. He did have, he did get sacked five times, which helped the Eagles win this game and take down the Saints, who were looking good. But Hill as a streamer against Kansas City, I think I'm staying away from him. Another desperation play. 
Yeah, yeah this was his first quarterback game. Sorry to interrupt, but no, yeah. this is this is his first like game as a true quarterback. Where I look at the stats and I'm like, oh, okay, 38 passes, 291 yards, 300 yards, whatever. Uh, two TDs and an interception, and then like only 33 rush yards, and that's where his value has really came. Um, is getting like last week he had 83 rush yards, and then the two weeks before he had two rushing touchdowns each. And that's like where you see all of his value coming from. I would, I mean, the thing is last week he had a decent passing game, 27 for 37, 232 and two touchdowns, but he also did run the ball 83 yards on the ground, ran it 14 times. This week he only ran it five times, which is a huge difference. And yeah, that's where all of his value was coming from for fantasy was running the ball. Two touchdowns and 250 yards or so is not worth it in fantasy. No. Um, and going against the Chiefs, I don't think um, he's going to be able to do the same thing that like Tua did you know, late in that game where he mm-hmm. just goes off and pretty much makes it a game. Like he puts them back in that game. I don't see yeah. doing that exactly um, quite the same. And he did have an interception and a fumble against Philly. So Kansas City is better than that. So, I, you know, there's always a possibility of him, one, getting – you said he got sacked five times. Yeah. So that maybe around at least five or so, depending. And then maybe a couple turnovers. So, yeah, he's this, – he's, he's, this is the first game where it's like, uh-oh, maybe we do need Drew Brees back. Because yeah. it opened up the it opened up the window for Tampa Bay definitely. Yeah, it's also p- playing from behind too is where he had to pass. He didn't get a chance to run the ball. True, absolutely true. That's a great point. All right, let's move on to our last quarterback, Ryan Tannehill from the Tennessee Titans. Coming into the week, he was QB seven, and he finished as QB seventeen. As it gets later and later in the season. This team likes to rely more and more and more on Derrick Henry, which means Tannehill just turns into a game manager, which he is great at. And in the NFL standard, that really matters. He's really good at what he does. But for fantasy, it's not great. This matchup against Detroit is pretty good but i think it's even better for derrick henry making this a derrick henry game meaning i'm trying to stay away from ryan Tannehill. ryan Tannehill had 24 pass attempts derrick henry had 26 rush attempts <laughs> so that uh i think that explains what their game plan is and also i would like to give derrick henry this is the first time i'm going to do this Derrick Henry, the Daddy Fatty Daddy Award of the Week, because Derrick Henry is the Jaguars' father. It's official. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> he is. He is, he daddied up on him. He's everyone's he, uh, dad in December. Oh my god, yes, the daddy he for is. December. the The Lions are giving up the most points to the running back position in fantasy this season. So. Start up, Derrick Henry. I have a fun yeah. fact about Derrick Henry. Okay, let's this pass game. Derrick Henry now has the record with four career games with 200 yards, 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns in a game. So he has four now, which beat, which made him have the record and which separates him from uh, Jim Brown, 
Ladanian Tomlinson, and Barry Sanders. So that is <laughs> that is rarefied air. Yeah, that is a list you want to be on right there. And he just reminded me of you know you know the Cookie Monster. Okay. Okay. Love it. When, Go with it. Run with it. When he like he has a cookie and he's looking at it and it's like okay he's contemplating it. That's him from like September to November, and then in December it's full on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just full-on destroys that cookie yeah i was gonna i was gonna call him Derek santa claus henry because in december he's been giving out all the presents to fantasy managers Mm -hmm. that's just my thing don't want to go against him in in your playoffs so does this affect aj brown and Corey davis johnu smith all of the pass catchers there in tennessee not aj brown not AJ Brown, because he. Do you see that beautiful catch he had? Yeah, it was oh. it was nice. It looked like he didn't think Tannehill could throw it that far, so he kind of slowed down. But then he was like, "Oh, he can!" Oh, and wait, I'm just oh, gonna jump God. up and grab it anyway. Yeah, AJ Brown gets the uncle of the week. It's like your daddy, but removed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to some running backs here. First up, Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. 115 yards, two touchdowns, and four receptions. And we were all kind of standoffish on Sanders last week, but he proved all of us wrong. He's clearly the guy in this backfield when he's there and healthy. He's just not a great running back like we all thought he might be by drafting him in the first or second round of fantasy this year. But he is the clear guy and that does mean something in fantasy, I think. And I think we saw that this week. Yeah. Um, I think Jalen hurts really, even though he's didn't have like the best game, but I mean, he did good enough, but I think it was really unfortunately for Carson Wentz, which we talked about a lot. Um, and this game can't like, will even do worse for his confidence having like them having their first win in a while. But I think Jalen Hurts really kind of helped that team be like, okay, we, we got this. And he, um, I think it revi- like just sort of revitalized that team for a little bit. And because they were pretty much a corpse um, for the most part. And they got a little bit of life in them. And so who knows how long that'll last. However, they go against Arizona and Dallas in these next two games. So those are decent matchups, even though I know Arizona didn't allow very many yards to uh, – the Giants this past week, but I blame Jason Garrett for that. And uh, <laughs> and then da- Dallas is just bad. Yeah, I think you can definitely start him up against Dallas in the championship, in your fantasy championship. Oh, yeah, that would help. Um, Miles Sanders, I think, actually, whenever he – okay, so the two times he's had a 100-yard game this year – he had an 80-yard run in this last game, and then in the other one, he had a 74-yard run. He he actually doesn't do great for most of the game, and then he'll get a really solid run, and it really boosts his day. Yeah. So like this, like this last time, he had an 82-yard touchdown run. So if you take if you take that away, don't get me wrong. Like I understand you got to give it to him, but if you take that away, he had 13 carries for. Um, like 33 yards and a touchdown. 
Like, it just seems like he's very, like, he gets one real good time, like, one real good play, and then that's what he does. Yeah. Um, I'll, we'll stop talking about Miles Sanders on this. This is the sixth sixth time he's finished in the top 24 running backs uh, this season, and four of those were from weeks two to six. So, through a five-week span, he finished in the top 24 four times. So, this is only the second time he's done it since week six it's he's just not impressive like we want him to be he's much more of a flex guy so let's try to remember that whenever we're drafting him next season right um and just another little tiny bit like in terms of the like ian mentioning the 82 yard run i think that's like you that's a big thing and like certain players like for montgomery where he had that like long 80 yard run for the touchdown that i think it's it's a little bit more forgivable in terms of his overall stats because he consistently has been getting the job done in the past few weeks. So in that case, it's like, okay, it's, I don't mind. It's them getting. Oh yeah. I don't mind it either way. If you're going to get that 80 yard run, get it. But But it's it's less of a count on it. You can count on David Montgomery's hundred yard game over Miles Sanders because David Montgomery is not going to have the 80 yard run every week, but he's going to have close to a hundred yards. Miles Sanders exactly. is not going to have the 80 yard run every week either, but he won't have anywhere close to a hundred yards if he doesn't get that. Yes. Thank you for putting my words into better <laughs> speakers. Uh, I got you. All right, let's move on to our next running back. Kenyon Drake from the Arizona Cardinals. He scored five touchdowns in the last four games. So Coming into the week, running back 12. He finished as the running back 15. Going up against the Philadelphia Eagles this coming up week. Where do you guys stand on Kenyon Drake? He's getting the job done. Yeah, like you said, he has five touchdowns in the past four games. And um, he goes against those Philadelphia Eagles that we were just talking about. And I think it's a good matchup. Regardless of how they did on defense this past game, I think – the initial shock or initial adrenaline rush of maybe having Jalen Hurts in there is going to potentially wear off and they're going to maybe go back to their old ways or it could stay. But I still think that Kenyon Drake is going to do decently well. And he's not Alvin Kamara, but to show, to use this as a, a comparison, Alvin Kamara did get in the end zone, I believe in this past game. So it's possible that he continues his streak. Yeah. Kenny and Drake are uh, running back six the past four weeks. He's had a, he's been top 20 every week. He's been top 12, three of those four weeks. Um, the worst game was against the Rams who are, you know, a very good defense. So I'm, mean, he really is getting it done and it's looking like he's the hot hand. You got to keep riding the hot hand. Yeah, all right. I agree with that. Let's move on to our next guy then. Chris Carson from the Seattle Seahawks had 76 yards and he got in the end zone. But his next two weeks at Washington and then against the Rams, are you guys nervous? Is Chris Carson a top 24 running back in the fantasy playoffs here against those two defenses? Tough defenses. It makes me really nervous because I would love to say like, oh yeah, he's Chris Carson. You can, he's one of those guys. You can just start him, but they are like, you, as, as a, in terms of like 
matchups going into your like weeks 15 and 16, it's that's as brutal as it can, can probably get or as, as up there. And he's, he only had 12 carries in this game. So, and I know that's, it's still a decent amount, like, cause he does a lot with it. I think he had 72 yards um, and he had three catches and he finished with like 90, like 98 yards total around there. Or he I think had it was 76 like seven, yards on the ground. That's right. My bad. I got the numbers. <laughs> I had my numbers switched up, but yeah, he had 98 total yards, I think. Um, but <clears throat> I think he's like a, a less than a 50% snap chair, which is, uh, I don't know if that, like that might be concerning in terms of how much production he can do. Cause I know we're, he's coming off being really sore. And although he's th- like, um, they said he was going to be, pr- he's getting back to normal, but is 12 carries going to be enough? Like uh... to speak on his snap share, he played 33 snaps while Carlos Hyde played 32. Wow. So, that's more than I would think Carlos Tide would have for this game. But to be fair, it was so a that, forty to three route of the Jets, though. True. That's a that's a really absolutely. Good point, yep. Okay. So, um, I'm gonna say for these next two games, you're really hoping they go back to what Chris Carson was doing weeks one and two, um, of the week, like of the NFL, where he had six catches, forty five yards, and two touchdowns. Because I really I am doubtful he's going to get it done on the ground. He needs to be. You, you got to remember he had that injury that held him out a couple weeks, and he hasn't really. I mean, he's been good since then, top ten running back since then. But he hasn't been his same self, and this is two really tough matchups. I still think you have to start up Chris Carson just because it's his name in. If he goes off, which I mean, as good as these defenses are, he could still do. You're gonna you're gonna kill yourself if you didn't play him in your fantasy championship or your True. fantasy playoffs or championship. True, because another aspect to that is I don't know who else on your team you'd probably play instead of him. Because if you're if you have exactly. another person you can play instead of Chris Carson, why are you not playing that person? Yeah, play that person, but it's just so rare that you would probably have that person that I would maybe have to play Chris Carson. Maybe Christian McCaffrey. He also then, has scored three weeks in a row. Yeah. He scored three times. Yeah, yeah, he's been a top 10 running back the last three weeks. So that's why I'm saying I think you got to start him regardless of matchup. Start up Chris Carson. I agree. Let, okay, let's move on. Tony Pollard from the Dallas Cowboys. This is – Zeke was limited all week in practice. He – he still did outsnap Pollard and he outtouched Pollard by one, but I think this was a bigger telling of Zeke getting some rest. They wanted to split this into a 50 50 backfield. Pollard was the one that got into the end zone, so he had the bigger day. So I think this is more telling on of Zeke than it is of Pollard. Pollard is definitely a guy that if you don't already have if you have Zeke and you don't already have Pollard you are making a big mistake. Go handcuff Pollard right now. He should be your number one waiver priority this week. But I don't think you can start, have the confidence to start Tony Pollard unless Zeke is ruled out for the season. My thing is, 
who or do out you, for like, the game, not for the season. Sorry. You you play? Would you play him against like? Would you play him against San Francisco, or would you keep him to play against Philly? I I don't think you're playing him in either one. I'm saying if Zeke is ruled out, that's the only that's the only way you play him. Okay, so because that's why you'd have him as yeah. the waiver wire. Okay. Yeah, yeah, be, as Zeke's backup, handcuff. Okay. That's solely solely why. All right, because uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not really positive on him. I think that he pretty much only did well because since he is complete garbaggio. So, um, but I get the handcuff thing. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's cuffing season. If Zeke does go down, if Zeke does go down, then it's going to be completely Tony Pollard's backfield. And even still, I don't know if I want to play him, but he has, I mean, at least you have that option there if you lose Zeke. Yeah, Philly is a is, is a matchup where you might question actually playing yeah. if, if he, yeah. Yep. All right, let's move on to our last running back, Todd Gurley. We talked about him a little bit earlier with uh, bringing up Ito Smith. This man cannot carry a backfield for a full season. We've seen it two seasons in a row now where he just wears down through the season. He had eight touches total for 31 yards this week. Like I said earlier, he hasn't had over nine touches in a game since they're buying week 10. They got Tampa Bay and then Kansas City in the next two weeks. Like I talked about earlier, I think Todd Gurley is probably a drop candidate at this point. For a man we said in the beginning of the year, actually pretty much through most of the year, was touchdown dependent. Um, well, you kind of need to get touches to get touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. So he's not he's not getting you anywhere close. Write that down. It's uh, in you the know name. what? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a copyright that or something. Yeah. So, he touches to get touchdowns. That's he's he's not even mark. he's not even getting like the the vulture carries where it's just like all right he's doing nothing and then coming in and playing inside the red zone and then stealing a uh, um stealing a touchdown from somebody else. He's just it feels like they're just kind of throwing him in randomly and be like all right go touch the ball like he's a make a wish kid. Do they even really get into the red zone? Like or far enough into the red zone for him to be viable for to vulture, like yeah, very. And then rarely. they throw a pick. Yeah, yeah. very. Rare. Or it goes to Calvin Ridley. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So I think we're all moving off of Todd Gurley as quickly as possible. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. move. Let's move on to some wide receivers for the Week 14 recap. First up, T. Y. Hilton from the Indianapolis Colts. Finished wide receiver three on the week. He had five receptions, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. The last three weeks, he's been inside the top 15 wide receivers. They go against Houston this week. T.Y. Hilton is a play. I think you can start T.Y. Hilton. Do you guys agree with me on this? I know you guys chose T.Y. Hilton over Michael Pittman on the last podcast. I think right I'm choice. Yeah, yeah. Great <laughs> job. Good job, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the right call. I think you can start T.Y. Hilton over quite a few people this week. Where do you guys uh, stand? It's it's gonna be the same as I said last week. You you gotta ride the hot hand. And I mean, he literally has only been getting better. He went from fourteen, wide receiver fourteen three weeks ago, 
to wide receiver six last week, and then this most recent week, wide receiver three. So wide receiver one next week. Hey, I mean, plus. Been, oh man. If, Plus, he does. He he's kind of like a little bit of Derrick Henry right there. He likes to daddy up on Houston. So true, true. It's very possible that he uh, he has another breakout performance. Uh, yeah, like Houston is com- not playing very well on defense, and uh, tennis or not Tennessee. They need to need to keep winning games to be keep in touch with Tennessee. The Colts do. Yes, and. It looks like he's sort of been on a roller coaster this year because he was like, oh, he's up, he's down, and then it's just and when was he up? No, when, or he was he's... down, up. I don't know. There's been up. There's it's been this, like Keone, he, This would be the worst roller coaster ride. <laughs> you start. Well, you know what? You start level. Don't do anything. Just move forward a little bit. Go up a little bit, and then just shoot up real high. Like Superman. And you never come down. Well, you know what? I don't like roller coasters, so (laughs) it's good for me. (laughs) It's like they've been on the lift hill for 45 minutes. Just like, is anything going to happen? And now we're going. Now we're excited. You haven't been stuck on the lift hill. You've been at the bottom, and then all of a sudden. You've been in uh, line this whole time. Yeah, yeah, you've been in line. (laughs) California screaming how they just count to three, and it shoots you up to the top. (laughs) Well, you know, okay, fine. That was... (laughs) an analogy that i just thought of on the spot <laughs> go back to the one that okay. I actually down because my roller coaster analogy apparently was garbage so and that was keone's garbage analogy <laughs> of the week yeah he's much like paper at 451 degrees he is on fire oh my god That's that a is a one. literary reference as well That's, yeah god. okay so, okay so T.Y. Hilton is a play this week. We all agree on that against Houston. Yeah. And then they get Pittsburgh the next the week after that. I think it's going to be something we discuss on next week's podcast. Whether you're, I mean, we're going to have to see how he does against Houston to see if he can play against Pittsburgh. Let's move on to our second wide receiver, K.J. Hamler from the Denver Broncos. Two receptions, 86 yards. And he scored on both receptions. Big, two big long plays. I think this one's more fun than anything. You guys are not playing him. He goes against Buffalo and then the Chargers. Don't even need to add in. Don't need to play him. You guys are with me on that. Randy Moss who? <laughs> All right. I think that's, that's Ian's with me. Yeah, producer Ian's with me. All right, let's move on to our next guy, Deontay Johnson. This is someone we need to talk about from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's been nothing but drops the last few weeks. What is going on? Looking like me out there on the field. (laughs) That's why I played a lineman. So, so can you guys trust Deontay Johnson? Because what he had three or four drops on in Sunday night's game, and they were open drops. It wasn't like Ben Ben Roethlisberger was missing him by a lot, and they were counting him as drops. No, he was dropping the ball. He was such a big play earlier, getting all the targets and receptions, and now can you trust him moving forward at Cincinnati this week? I think because it's Cincinnati, it's yeah. like, yeah, 
like Cincinnati is, if we're talking about teams being cake, Cincinnati is like a multi-layered ice cream cake. It's just full it's a of just, cake. Yeah. It's you, it's, it's the cake that you like get an artisan chef to come in and prepare for you. It's, it's just that good. Oh, wow. The I feel like gets... I was just going to go with nothing but cake, but I guess oh. if it's a, if the chef's coming in to prepare it, I'm not going with one of those nothing but cakes. Forget that. Um, what, I, what I was going to say is I, the Cincinnati is so bad. How bad are they? Um, <laughs> How bad are they? Well, now that you asked, I feel even if he does drop passes, Cincinnati is so bad that they're going to tip the ball back into his hands. So <laughs> he, he does get targets. He's like 11th this year in targets alone. And I mean, he has missed, he has like one less game than everybody above him besides Devonte Adams, who's a monster. Um, he has like 113 targets. Even if he drops three balls a game, he's still, he could get 12 targets. So yeah. he still can get nine receptions possibly if he drops three of them. And Cincinnati yeah. is so cake. My biggest issue is cake, it's a cake, Monday night. Yeah, cake, cake. it's a Monday night game, and you could go into Monday night in the semifinals of your league, relying on Deontay Johnson to <laughs> not a drop a scary. touchdown. It is a little scary, but I think because it's Cincinnati, I think you can start all three Pittsburgh wide receivers this week: Juju, Deontay, and Chase Claypool. You would be upset if you benched him and he went off. Exactly. I agree with that. Let's move on. Chris Godwin, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. He finished wide receiver 79 with two receptions for 25 yards. He only had three targets this week. Was this a case of, like you guys talked about, he had his hand surgery to get the pins taken out of his hand. Did that make it hard for him to catch, or is there just too many mouths to feed in Tampa Bay? Uh, ten, not Tampa, sorry. Tom Brady is trash and washed. Okay, he's not actually trash, but he, he's just not looking like his same self this year, and I think that's really affecting his wide receivers. Um, I do think it was also a little bit of the other stuff where they maybe game planned away from Godwin because he did have that hand thing. And then there's also a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, S- Scotty Miller caught like his first pass in I think like four weeks or whatever it is like out of nowhere got his first reception since week 10 like I don't know what happened there so it's just a shame but that's just what happens with you have so much talent around you yeah some weeks you just don't have it so you say Tom Brady is washed I have a conspiracy watch I say Tom Brady is so good that he's choosing to like air his grievances with Bruce Arians publicly. So like you say, washed, he's airing his public, his dirty laundry in public, but he's so smart about it. And he's so good that he's picking and choosing when he throws good passes. Cause that pass to Scotty Miller for a touchdown. That was a dime. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was. His pa- one of his passes to, like that got pretty like that went to Mike Evans, gorgeous. But then he overthrows like Gronkowski. And then he doesn't really throw the ball to Chris Godwin. So th- he's just doing it despite Bruce Arians. 
But yeah. that's conspiracy. That's conspiracy that's, watch. That's conspiracy watch twenty twenty. Chris Godwin did lead the wide receivers in snaps. He had forty four. Mike Evans had thirty nine. Antonio Brown had twenty five. Scotty Miller only played five snaps, but he scored that touchdown. Now, Tampa Bay does go against Atlanta this week, which is a great matchup. Atlanta is giving up the second most points to the wide 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 receiver position this year in fantasy. So, like we were talking, we want to talk about a cake matchup. That's a cake matchup, Atlanta. And then they get Detroit, which is a pretty good matchup afterwards, too. So, I don't see how you can get away from Chris Godwin right now. I, I agree. And because also like Ronald Jones, sort of, it was more of his game than anything else. Yeah. Although going back to that stat earlier with him, like is 18 touches or more. Um, I don't think he's had that two weeks in a row. So I, I expect them to go more back to the past game and have it be a bounce back game for Chris Godwin. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's move on to our last wide receiver, DJ Chark. Now, this is a guy, the Jacksonville Jaguars. He didn't catch a lot of passes, but he did have 19 or 19, nine targets for 16 yards. So, with Minshew in the past, Chark has been a reliable option in, in the past, I mean, last year. Um, but the way he's played this season. I don't know if you can trust Chark against the Ravens and then against the Bears. This is one that I just have to say sorry for because this was my wide receiver dreamer of the season. The guy I told you guys all to go draft and he has not performed well this season. So I just wanted to say I'm sorry for anyone who listened to me and drafted DJ Chark. That one's on. You lied to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, but yeah, against Baltimore, I don't, even with Gardner Minshew there, I don't think I can play DJ Chark. He's it's, flex candidate at best with okay. Minshew in there. That's, That's what fair. I'm going to say. Um, That's fair. Minshew That's a is segment. a million times better for DJ Chark than Mike Glennon is. I mean, yeah. even Jake Lutton is better. That's true. I just feel like, Maybe it's because I got hurt so bad that I don't even want to flex him. But that's true. With Minshew, he is probably a flex candidate. Uh, I'd lean more towards your thinking, JJ. Really? Yeah, because Baltimore and Chicago, like if he had different matchups, it'd be like, oh, Minshew's back. He's a possibility. But with those two, it's like really, ugh. just when, you know, things like could get good again, it's like, nope, we get take gets taken away. Um, but there's still, yeah, Ian has a good point and he is a flex option regardless with Minshew, but I just don't trust because of the matchups. Although this is a good time now, Ian, cause I did the segment earlier now for your conspiracy segment on Minshew. Oh my God. My Minshew conspiracy is actually with the Jags. Um, it's, they wanted to move away from Minshew. They believe that they could get the number one pick or they think they have insider information from the Jets where they're not going to take Trevor Lawrence. But they couldn't have Minshew in because Minshew would win enough games, and fans love Minshew mania. So when he got hurt, and then they, yeah, and then they chose to keep him uh, like On the sat. Bench. Because, yeah. Yeah, for 
Glennon, it was like, <laughs> we can just kind of put him away and say he was hurt and all this stuff and we don't have to deal with it. Ever. Because they want Trevor Lawrence. When in reality, if Minshew's in, it's hard to say not start Minshew. We'll get into this uh, during the off-season podcast, but I think they take a quarterback either way, even with the second pick. So, Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's wow. that's definitely a conspiracy theory that you got going on over there. Conspiracy 2020. I like our conspiracies this week. Yeah, me too. We need to get a drop for conspiracies. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the tight ends. Let's Let's get through these because, well, tight ends don't really matter that much. The top guys do, but they don't. So first up, Mike Gusecki. Now this looks like a guy that, is becoming more reliable Miami Dolphins, but he left the game early with a shoulder injury. Before he left, he caught two touchdown passes and that's three straight weeks with a touchdown. But it's just going to be a wait and see thing. If going against the Patriots, they're a good defense. So it's going to matter. Does Gusecki practice all week or is he limited and actually banged up if he practices i think you have to start gasecki even against a good matchup but because of the matchup if he doesn't practice for a majority of the week and then they just throw him in there at the last second i try to pivot off gasecki i think where do you guys stand uh if he doesn't practice all week you you kind of gotta move on from him um if anything, he's going in there to be a distraction, well, or maybe you hope wait, that wait, he, like catches. don't move on from him because they play well, New England this week and then they play the Raiders. You're right, you're right. Not not move on like get yeah, yeah. I mean like pivot off of him. Yeah, you know? I just wanted to make that clear. Pivot off. Put of him, him on. Yeah. Put him on your bench. Yeah, <laughs> shout out James. James. Yeah. So I mean, Copyright, he's had three straight LLC. top ten weeks, so it really helps. <laughs> I mean, like he's he's performing. He's yeah, he's yeah. Getting it done. If he's there. He's he's looking like he's one of those top five tight ends. But with a shoulder injury, I don't know if you can trust it. So just that's just one you're going to have to wait and see. Listen to our podcast that comes out on Thursday to find out. Let's move on to our next tight end, Irv Smith Jr. from the Minnesota Vikings. He had four receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown. He landed it at tight end three this week. Maybe he's a streaming option, but against Chicago, they're giving up, or they're uh, only giving up the third most fantasy points to the tight end position. So you might want to look at him, but you're really, he's really touchdown dependent. Yeah, um, it's, it's just one of those guys where if you, you're streaming. You're just streaming a tight end, and if you see something you like in him, get him. But it, he, it's nothing special. I mean, he has had three touchdowns the past three weeks, but I think he had two three weeks ago and zero two weeks ago. Yeah, one this week. One. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a a game where he wasn't really or Cousins wasn't really able to get to a lot of the receivers or or to his receivers a lot of the time because a lot of times he was rushed and got hit it seemed like they were more coverage sacks than anything else and so mm-hmm. i'm pretty it just seems like he found irv smith open um and it just seems like it was a good game for him i don't know if it'll 
you know, it'll be like, it's, it's indicative of something that will continue personally, but yeah. Based off the matchup, I guess you never know. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Evan Ingram from the New York Giants, two receptions, 18 yards. This guy is a streaming option and you drafted him early enough to where you thought he was going to be a starter for at your tight end position all year. But it just really goes to show you that these guys have good weeks and that puts them in the top five or so tight ends. But it's just only on three or four really good weeks. Other than that, these guys are just streamers all year long. We need to remember that going into next year's draft that tight ends, if you don't get one of those top guys, they really don't matter that much. You're going to have to stream them. Going against yeah, Cleveland. Oh, sorry, go for it. Sorry, it, sorry. If, if you don't get if you don't get Travis Kelsey or even like George Kittle next year in the draft, you can I just think, kind of. I think you can wait. put Darren Waller in that now too. He's yeah. done it two years in a row. Where so. I mean, he's not in that same tier or group, but I think you can be safe drafting him in the middle rounds, like you drafted Evan Ingram this season. I'm I'm just saying, like you can you can put some draft capital into those first two guys, where you mm-hmm. maybe like go get them earlier yes. rounds. But after that, if those two guys are gone, just wait. You can truly wait and try to grab somebody. Don't be scared yeah. if somebody goes and grabs Mark Andrews. Yeah, yeah. Going against Cleveland this week and then at Baltimore, I think you can just move on from Evan Ingram. Yeah, you guys know how I feel about. The, yeah. Uh, except for Wayne Gallman. But yeah, everybody <laughs> else on Garrett that Giants. Bitch. All right, and let's let's just move on to our last guy because I think he falls into the same exact categories. Evan Ingram is one of these guys you drafted high. Hayden Hurst from the Atlanta Falcons. It's just the same thing. One reception, seven yards. You can find more on the streaming week to week than you can drafting one of these guys really high and playing them. Going against Tampa Bay and then Kansas City, again, you can move on from Hayden Hurst. You're not going to stream him in either of those matchups. Yeah, they're officially eliminated from playoffs, and I think it's going to be sort of a they're going to look in the offseason to kind of re-script a lot of stuff. They're going to get a new head coach probably. And so they're going to be looking to reset things. And yeah. so, but this year it's sort of, yeah, they're done except for like um, Julio or Calvin Ridley, Ridley and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But other than those two, yeah, I'm not starting any Tam- uh, Atlanta Falcon. All right. I think that'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at fantasy daydreamers on Twitter at FF daydreamers head over to fantasydaydreamers.com. You guys can follow us there. We make it real easy. We got weekly articles going up over there. So go ahead and give us a follow, shout us out, subscribe, like, Wherever you guys listen to your podcast, leave a review. Those really help. Five stars, five stars, five stars. Smash cinco, that cinco, like cinco. button. <laughs> Smash it. All right. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming, brother. Stay dreaming, brother.